one of the things I challenged last week that I want to keep challenging us to do is to um, is to memorize Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. Has anybody done that? Are you kidding? Okay. <laughs> All right. So so that's your task, is, is to memorize Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. And the reason I'm, is? Um, good, good question, because of Scripture. It's okay. God's Word. Because yeah, likes it. That's all. Um, that's one word. Greg likes it, but much, much more important, as we're going to be starting to see in the next two couple weeks. We've, I've talked about it. I mean, I brought up this passage over and over and over again. It is possibly, if not the most, one of the most influential passages um, throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. Really? And particularly the New Testament with Jesus and with Paul. Um, and so it is a passage that huh. has shaped the life of the Jews, shaped the life of the church. Um, it is a it is a very strategic and key passage, and we will see that. In fact, that passage um, has a lot to do exactly what Isaiah has been talking about so far, all the way chapters one through five. And it's going to it's going to even become more apparent what it's talking about as we go through the rest of Isaiah. Um, and so we will. I know Tom asked last week. We will, um, we'll, we'll, next week we will actually get into, my hope is we will get into that passage in more depth, answer some of the questions like, what is God doing here? What is he really saying with this passage? Um, because it is like, it's, I want to say ironically, it's the, it is, there's irony in there. Uh, ironically, it is our guiding light. It is all about our faith in Christ. Um, because it has to do with, are we really hearing what God is telling us? Are we seeing what He's showing us? Are we really knowing Him? Are we understanding Him fully with our heart, which means our entire being? So I'm going to try right now, and I might mess this up because I've been trying to memorize it. So I'm going to attempt to see. You guys can turn there to make sure if you want if I'm doing this right. So I think um, keep on here. Yeah, why don't you guys turn to Isaiah 9, and you can tell me whether I'm doing this or not. You want 9? Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. All right, so I think it starts with keep, right? (laughs) Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes lest they see with their eyes hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed did I get that? Mm -hmm. Very good. Well done. Okay. Alright, I haven't really practiced that much, so you guys are going to have to like... You might have missed just that little Yeah, but I'm not doing that part. Yeah, you don't have to memorize that part. <laughs> you can if you want to, but it's mainly 9 through 10. And we'll see that that is the quote. I mean, that's quoted by Jesus several times in actually <clears throat> the most strategic position in the Gospels. It's very strategic where that is quoted. Um, we will look at that probably next week. And it's also um, quoted by Paul at the very end of Acts. Um, I mean, is how Paul ends his ministry is by declaring that passage. Um, so there's a lot to it. Uh, and there's been actually, as I think I said last week, several people have written books only on 6, 9 through 10, which you don't see that very often. Um, 
All right. So, as we get started, and this would be a good review um, for those of you who are, you know, haven't been here or, or new or whatever, let's just sort of review where we are, where we're going over the next couple of weeks. Um, I know many of you are used to, for example, with Galatians, we went 32 weeks um, with Galatians um, through Galatians 5, but we're not doing too bad because we are 10 weeks into Isaiah and we are going to start in chapter 6 tonight. So um, this is why we're focusing on chapters 1 through 5 so much, and we're going to finish that off tonight, is because 1 through 5, as we've said sort of over and over again, 1 through 5 formed the foundation, and you can really think of it as a foundation, for everything else that we're going to see in Isaiah. So one of the reasons why we focus so much in chapter 5 is because, uh, 1 through 5, is because it forms that foundation. Everything else in Isaiah sort of comes from that. Also, what starts to happen, we're going to see, and starting in chapter 7, a little bit at the very beginning of chapter 6, is we're going to see that starting in chapter 7 is when the text of Isaiah starts to speak specifically to specific horror, historical situations. Okay, So 1 through 5 sort of speak generally to all the things that are going to happen in Isaiah, um, but starting in chapter 7, a little bit to chapter 6, we start dealing historically with the actual situation that one through five has set up, okay? And so my plan right now is tonight to finish five, to start on um, the six, up to what I just, um, up to nine, up to chapter nine, I mean up to verse nine. Next week is where I really want to cover. It should be, I'm hoping, <laughs> praying it will be a good week because it's going to be when we really cover in depth 9 through 10, 6, 9 through 10, okay? And then we will start the following week with actually getting into, which will be fun, what is really going on? Why did God call Isaiah? And specifically, why did he call him at that time and to who? So we will look at the situation with um, Israel. We'll look at the situation with Judah. We'll look at the situation with Ahaz and Hezekiah and what's going on with the people. And look at Assyria and look at all these countries because we'll, you'll see uh, the real situation in which now Isaiah is speaking into with the Israelites. And then we'll just go. <laughs> okay? And um, I have no idea we'll win. But, I mean, we'll, we'll go faster as we start getting through some of those chapters there. Okay? So that's the plan. All right, any questions about that? All right, so anybody remember last week, I asked you, for those of you who are here, I asked you to do what with 1 through 5? Read it and under highlight the verses that speak to you. Speak to you. Okay, all right. Um, so, for those of you who did that, what I want you to do is tell me Particularly if there's like one main passage or verse, one main error passage that, that spoke to you, um, can you tell me what that is? And I'm going to just mark that um, for what we're going to do next. So, Steve, I see you've got something highlighted. Do you, is that the main one or do you have other ones? Um, well, I didn't get very far. That's okay. That's all right. And if you didn't do it, it's fine too. I mean, just you know, give you guys something to do during the week of. Let's see. I guess I wasn't really ready to. All right. Well, you think about that for a second. Anybody else? Anybody else who is there a specific like section, passage, verse that 
has hit you with as we were going through 1 through 5, chapters 1 through 5? 1, 18 through 20. 1, 18. Come let us reason together. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, and I'll ask you more when we get to that about why that is. Okay, so... All right. Anybody else? <coughs> yes. Five. Yes. Sixteen, seven, one, sixteen, seventeen, and okay, one, one twenty-three. 16, okay, one, sixteen, seventeen, and what else? One twenty-three. Okay. Specifically, the, the end of twenty-three. All right. I went uh, Isaiah one two. <coughs> Isaiah one. Two. two. Okay. Yeah. One of my favorite. Keep me on that one. Alright. Five, seven. Five, seven. Mm. Mm-hmm. I um, like chapter 2, verse 3, where it says, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Two, three, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. He may teach us his ways, and we may walk right. in his path. different. Well, everything else is different. Um, we are going to read all of chapters 1 through 5. Okay? In part to just sort of give us, again, as we end this really major section, to give us sort of a holistic view of what Isaiah is doing. Because it is that that also opens up chapter 6. Why does Isaiah have this vision before the living God? It is because of what he has just outlined that's going on in 1 through 5. So um, it'll be a good review for us to go do that. So um, why don't we start out? Hmm? Are we um, going back to the verses that the guys contributed? Yes. In fact, what we're going to do is as we hit those verses, I want the people who hit those verses share with me, share with us. 
you know, what is what is it that hits you about it? Okay, so that's why that's why I'm just having you mark. I'm marking it right now, but as we go through, I want you to actually say what is it that impacted you. If there's something as we go along here that you have questions about, there's something that you like go, oh yeah, I like that one, <laughs> or that hits you, speak up, just say so. Okay, if you have questions, ask as we go through. Um, all right, so Steve, yes. why don't you read Isaiah one, and why don't you read Isaiah, read that very first page there, Isaiah one one through five. <clears throat> the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Ah, sinful nation, a people, a people laden with inequity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. Why will you, why will you still be struck down? Why will you, why will you continue to rebel? Okay, so tell us a little bit about what what you like about verse two. Well, it's two and two together. It's it's basically when the Lord speaks, all of creation should be listening. Mm. And He has brought us up as children, even though we are so rebellious. And it reminded me of First uh, Samuel fifteen twenty three, where it says, "Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, mm-hmm. and stubbornness is as an inequity and, I, and idolatry." Right. Oh, well, read that again. That's that first. Sam- so that's First Samuel fifteen twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, mm-hmm. and stubbornness is as inequity and Hmm. Isn't that amazing? And to me, it was really amazing. And then just the fact that the ox knows its owner. Yeah. And even the donkey knows its master's crib. But his children do not understand. Yeah. So, and they do not know. Yeah. Know. <laughs> it's like your dog knows you, but. Exactly. You don't even know God. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I like, um, I mean, to me, I think when we talked about this in, in chapter one of Isaiah, I mean, what really hit me was that children, when God addresses us, the very first word he uses is sons and children. The very first way God addresses who we are is we are part of his family. He's the parent, we're the yeah. children. He absolutely cares for us. You know, just been going through for the last three weeks, you know, Lord's Prayer, Our Father. Um, and it's just if we really, ultimately, all this is about that relationship that God has chosen us to be his children. If, you know, again, if we get that, if we really like as we were being raised, really got how much our fathers <laughs> loved us, you know, I, I rebelled against that. Um 
you know, you just see um, how God is saying, first of all, the thing that matters the most is that I have chosen you to be my children. Anybody remember when he did that? So, I mean, of course, God created us. But there was a specific moment where he... Children of Abraham? Well, not children of Abraham, but there was a specific moment, if you guys remember when we were there, where this is actually, where this actually takes place. Um, when he actually says, Israel is my firstborn son. I don't remember exactly what that was, but it was in Exodus. In Exodus, he does that. Hmm? Didn't we all look at it? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. <coughs> so that's that's where God actually says, "You are my firstborn son, that I've chosen you." So, okay. Um, I will go. Let's see. Um, Bruce. Yes. Why don't you read Isaiah um, one six, starting on page eight, and read all the way down to. <coughs> we didn't um, do, We didn't read five. Oh, the five hanging. Oh, okay. Which is critical. Well, in fact, that's fine. So it actually is good that it sort of starts on um, on page eight there because it sort of brings out the whole part there. So go ahead and start at the top of eight, <laughs> to page eight, okay, where it says a whole head is sick. Yeah. You see that? Yes, yeah, sure. And go ahead and uh, why don't you read all the way down to verse 20? So you've got about two and a half pages there. So on page 12, okay. so down to verse 20. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. For the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it. But bruises and sores and raw wounds, they are not pressed out or bound up or softened with oil. Your country lies desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. In your very presence, foreigners devour your land. It is desolate and overthrown by foreigners. And the daughters of Zion is left like a booth in the vineyard, like a lodge in the cucumber field, like a besieged city. If the Lord of hosts had not left us a few survivors, we should have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Part of the word of the Lord, the rulers of Sodom, give ear to the teaching of our God, your people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I had, I have had enough burnt offerings of ram and fat of well-fed beasts. I do not light in, delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure <coughs> iniquity and solemn asylum. 
your new moon and your appoint, appointed feasts my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. And even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Why don't you keep reading all the way through 23? Keep going. How the faithful city has become a whore. She who <clears throat> was full of justice, righteousness, lodged in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross, your best wine mixed with water. Your princes are rebels and companions of thieves. Everyone loves a bribe and runs after gifts. They do not bring justice to the fatherless, and the widow's cause does not come to them. All right, praise a lot going on there. A <laughs> um, couple of notes before the people sharing who talked about this. One is, you, if you look at verse um, 5 and 6, on page 8 there, you notice how um, Isaiah is describing, God's describing here that's what the people are like. And he's doing that by using the metaphor of a body, okay, and saying that whole body is sick. If you guys have ever heard of the word body politic, um, that phrase body politic is actually talks about is really how it's about a people like a state or city or something as a group and it's like the metaphor of a body um, it's like what Paul says the church is like a metaphor of a body and what Isaiah is doing here is using that metaphor and just saying your entire body is sick you know every part of you is not working right every part mm -hmm. of you is somehow ill and he's using that metaphor of the body, like Paul does, for what the church is like, and just saying, you as this people of God are sick. All right? Nothing's functioning functioning right. And if you notice on just as one of many places, verses 10, when we talk about the importance of Isaiah 6, 9 through 10, hear, see, understand with your heart, we will see this throughout. And here are some examples. Hear the word of the Lord. Okay, you see that call. Hear it. Give teach. Give ear to the teaching of our God. So you see Isaiah already starting to use those metaphors of that hearing and seeing and understanding with our heart. Um, this is what's going on there. Um, so, Charlie, you had eighteen through twenty. You right. were saying that. So talk. Tell us a little bit about that. Well. 
I, I like places in the Bible where God says things like, you know, taste and see that it's good, hmm. right? Uh, but here he's saying, sit, you know, come, sit, reason with me. Right, right after he finishes saying, this is all an abomination and I hate it, <laughs> my soul hates it. Mm-hmm. But then he says, come listen to me, reason with me, because mm-hmm. there's a way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that tell you about God? Well, after the <laughs> be not afraid part, he's <laughs> gentle, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You sort of see the parental part of him, right? Sure. Both like, I want to raise my kids well. But if they're not doing well, I'm going <laughs> to come down on them. But I'm still saying, hey, come on, let's restore this relationship here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Jason, so you had, I think, 16 through 17, you said, and verse 23. So why don't you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what, what hit you with that then. I know did more than hit you. <laughs> well, uh, what you were just touching about there in terms of uh, like a lot of levels, this was effective. On one on one hand, it was 16 through 18 is God saying, okay, look, here, here's what you do to fix things, mm-hmm. to fix our relationship, to fix yourself. In And this, I believe, is speaking more to the individual. Um and I'll come back to this, but and then on uh, 23, he's speaking to the entire body, as you were mentioning. So the collective of of us, mm-hmm. and um, effectively mirroring those two things: one, the way you would address to an individual, and two, the way you address to your whole society. Mm-hmm. Here's where you're broken and what you need to fix, okay? And um, he ends both of these the same way, which is what to do, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. What does that mean? That means... Take care of orphans and widows. Okay. Yeah, well, those who can't, who don't have a voice, those uh-huh. who don't have so those uh, who have a voice, okay. Those, those uh-huh. who have the, don't have the ability to to. Uh, it's like Jesus said, the least of these have you done unto me. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And the fact that he encaps the same way in both of these is to me very telling. This is this is the little synopsis of. You and us. Hmm. And how are you going to be defined in my eyes? Okay? Mm-hmm. Very simply. If you're and if you look at the body from a health perspective, okay, what you're saying here is and and what you what we didn't read was, which is critical, is five. Okay? When all right. Why will you still be struck down? Oh, uh-huh. Okay, I'm striking you down, but it's your choice. Mm-hmm. Why will you continue to rebel? Which leads then into the whole head is sick, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? So if you look at it on an individual level, again, you can say, hey, I could tell you 
you know, I'm not feeling this, that, and the other. Okay, do this, that, and the other thing, Ben, and you'll feel great. All those things will be fixed. Yeah, but I kind of don't want to do those things. I want to continue <laughs> to drink my six-pack every yeah. night and, and exactly. you know, eat my bag of pork rinds and, and uh, you know, whatever. So, and not exercise and, you know, yell and scream or whatever. Okay, well, then there you go. You will be sick. Sorry, I didn't make up the rules. God did, right? So that's why I, 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 it's, it's this whole thing that wraps up in a little beautiful little summary of check yourselves, guys. Here's the checklist. Are you doing these things? Uh-huh. And if you take care of this segment of your society, all right, it is like taking care of yourself. It is, in fact, taking care of yourself because this is a wound that never heals. So I'm going to assess you by the way you tend to it. Are you oiling it? Are you binding it? Right? Are you softening it? Or not? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, do the way. You know, like yeah. <coughs> about those verses, though, because this is the one that I've reson- resonated most with. In 16 through 17, where it's a clear line where, you know, God's mad, he's had enough, and he tells you, it's, a, it's more of a, a command. Like, he tells you. It is a command, do. actually, command. yeah. And totally. Then, uh-huh. But then with what you're saying, how he ends the note in 23 and, you know, 21 through 23, it's more of like a, he, gave, he backs it up with like a descriptive image of like what those kind of people are. And it's different. It's like two ways he says it. He says, it's a command. Mm-hmm. You do this. If you don't, and he paints a picture of, what those people are like, you know, in a way. Yeah. We're, we're Everyone loves a bribe, runs after gifts. They do not bring justice to fatherless. So it's not that's not a command, but it's saying the same thing mm-hmm. in just another, in a descriptive way. And I like that. It's like it's just reassuring. It's like totally. It's not it twice. It's yeah. not those people. It's us. Or us individually. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. us yeah. completely. Well, yeah, I read totally that. It was those people in that day, but it's also <laughs> us today. It's, it's right? us too. Yeah. This this is. Eternal. It's I, love one, I love how that's a command in six, 16, 17, and so on, and then it's like, and then he gives one last like little just image. They don't want to, it like, kind of paints it in your mind. You don't want to be that way. Right. They don't right. take care of the fatherless. Right. And, and, to, and to Chris's point, that command, the, the, yeah. those stood out to me because, again, to Chris's point, that that, that was a command. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a, a think about it. It wasn't a, you know, someday this would be cool if it's. Do this. And, and what's crazy about the command is if you read right above it, it's like, I will not listen. Like, if you read that, yeah. it's like, that's... <laughs> you're, you're I would like, not listen to what? Okay, to, to our prayers. Right. To us. Right. Trying to even have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be the worst punishment Certainly. that we can have individually. And then, mm-hmm. But I love how it's, I will not listen to you or your prayers. So, do this. Yeah. Command, command. That way it doesn't lead into that. Yeah. <clears throat> So why this was being read, this uh, verse 5, why will you be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? Okay, trivia quiz. What film had that as its theme? Oh. I don't know, but did you watch Sahara? Answer the question. <laughs> well, I, don't know what you're, I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. Remember, I told you, watch Sahara, because you could th- focus on the bats and the caves and all that. Watch the hair? The Sahara Sahara movie. Sahara Sahara the movie. Oh, okay. I didn't watch it. (laughs) What was was the quote again? Please. Yeah. Why will you still Mm. be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? 
I did not. I don't know. I'll give you a hint. It took place in the South. Give me another hint. It takes place in a prison. Cool hand Luke? Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) There we go. boss. We know someone who knows our movies. (laughs) Get your mind right, Luke. (laughs) What's all that dirt you doing in my hole? Huh. Yeah. Huh. Wow. He was torturing him. Yeah. The warden was torturing him to get his mind right. He was breaking his spirit, trying to break it. So, Jason, why, to anybody else, but why is this so important to God? I mean, why, I mean, if this is so, like, here it is. This is how I'm going to judge you. This is how I'm going to, to look at you as a church and as an individual. Is that, you know, how are you doing with these things? And as Tom quoted, obviously Jesus is saying the same thing. Why? What is it about God's character, about how God treated Israel or treats us, that also says we should do this? Does anybody remember that we talked about that a little bit? As to why is why is this command? Why why is God so like specific? I mean, He's specific here. Take care of the least of these. However, we want it to take care of the poor. And, and also, take care if, of the if, if you if you look in terms of the the example that Christ gave of uh, loving thy neighbor, mm-hmm. right? Okay, what did he do in that event? He he bound his wounds. He cleaned right. them. He demanded. He yeah, tended exactly. to them, so on and mm-hmm. so forth. Exactly. And and the the one person that no Jew would have wanted to take care of, right? So, right. It's I think it it's. A, it, It lays the strong man low. It humbles us and brings us mm. together mm. and okay. unifies yeah. us as, as, as one. And, and we're going to see that later in Isaiah, yeah. these passages about how don't raise ourselves up. And it's good to think about that. Maybe it keeps us humble. It, keep, it, keeps, yeah, it keeps everyone doing this. Right. Bring yeah. these guys, get low, bring these guys up, and let's huh. be seen equally by God mm. yeah, Peter. and ourselves. I think it demonstrates the condition of the heart, right? The, mm-hmm. These injustices demonstrate the condition of the heart. And, um, you know, he says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And so if you're doing these things, it's almost like the canary in the coal mine for for the mm-hmm. um, the atmosphere uh-huh. um, of God amongst his people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- these these are given as examples. It's not like just to these these right. things. I mean, these are given as examples and very poignant examples of this is what God expects. And you know, the yeah, um, like you're saying, these are probably people that aren't thought about too much in the society. And um, yeah, and and going back to where it says you're utterly estranged. They're, they're utterly estranged uh-huh. because of their injustices. Hmm. It's like if, uh, kind of reminds me of Jesus when he was talking to the Pharisees, if you knew me or if you knew my father, then you would know me, right? So huh. if you knew the father, then you wouldn't be doing these injustices. And so you're estranged, which also reminds me of the people that will that go to heaven and say, Lord, Lord, to Jesus. He says, depart from me for I never knew you. Hmm. Which is estrangement, right? I never knew you. Uh, estrangement could have been like I know I knew you, I don't know you now. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, a few thoughts. But I, I think with God's economy, when you help others, 
You feel so much better about yourself when you're able to help somebody. It's like it's good health to your bones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's what he's like. If if we can, you know, once you get that feeling of how good it feels to help somebody who needs it, it then takes you away from yourself, which is the idolatry he's talking about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We get so close off and worried about our own. Yeah, I like comfort. that because it's like we're not worshiping then something yeah, well, we make. We're, we're, we're helping we're, someone else. We're right? our own. Yeah. Night, we're oh, idols, that's good. Right? All, yeah. Yeah, all yeah. of this again, it's it's geared to make us healthy as an individual, uh-huh. as a society, the whole deal. And if you're doing, if you <laughs> remove the evil deed, your the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Where are God's eyes? Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everything we do, every thought we have, everything we say, etc., etc., is all in before God's eyes. So, mm-hmm. cease to do evil. Stop it. Just stop it. Stop, <laughs> stop yeah, sinning. I love that. Cut yeah. it out. Yeah. Right? Quit whining about the fact that you're a sinner and just stop it. <laughs> Okay? It's stuff go oh I'm oh you made me or I'm this I'm, I'm so hard, really. <laughs> Is it? Just stop. Come on. I've given you this ability, guys. Right. I'm saying it right here. Learn to do good. Okay, I got I, that's true. I do need to learn to do good. What are what I need to go out and actively learn that. He's not saying, I'm gonna drop in your lap. Go learn to do it. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. The resources are there. I promise. Seek justice. Where is the <coughs> injustice? Where is there wrongdoing? Find it. Get proactive. Make it change your world. Mm-hmm. Change this your your culture. Change yourself. Correct oppression. And the result will be, and as part of that, you will bring justice to the fathers, plead the widow's case, and anybody else that can't fend for themselves. And accordingly, you will be assessed. So, and you will feel great. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be you'll be walking the path. Yeah. You will be walking up the hill, mm-hmm. right? And life will be bitching, mm-hmm. and we will all be loving one another. It's it's what it's called to be. And guess what? If you start doing that, if you all start doing that. You're living the way that things are going to be. Mm-hmm. Why not do it now? You got the choice. Mm-hmm. So I know after we did that, you, a couple weeks ago, several weeks ago, I remember when we had this, when we were going through this, a bunch of you got sort of hit by that, you know, about this whole thing. Like, why don't we, we started the discussion, like, at the very, very end, we started the discussion of, okay, well, why don't we start doing this? <laughs> um, you know, are we doing this? What can we do for this? Um, and I know you had somebody, you, you actually sort of, Jason sort of took the ball <laughs> a little bit with that and just started saying, what can we do here about that? Um, so why don't you share that a little bit as to what some of the things you were, you've seen that sort of hit you with that, that you sort of said, okay, based on reading this, you're like, let's go do something. So, uh, and, and it's <laughs> just totally spirit driven. That just hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like, I could be there tomorrow. I'm going to be assessed, hmm. right? And not to mention that, yeah, I don't want to be disconnected and all the, the reasons behind it, but it's like, 
this has to happen. So what am I going to do? Okay, well, uh, what's our community dealing with? And it is the the homeless, the drug addicted, the, you know, we've got a community of them right here. And we have a tremendous amount of, of uh, disconnect between our society. There are people that absolutely would rather see them all shot in the head than do a darn thing for them. Just get them out of my town. I hate them. They're dirty. One of them touched my my son's bagel, you know, or whatever. And it's like, I'm never going there again. And somebody needs to drag these people out of this town to people that are just, just want to help these people. And not just give them money, but actually bring them back into society and put the time and energy into these people to cure them and to heal them and to and they m- many of them want that and they just don't know how to get there. Just like if you walked on knocked on nine out of ten doors in town and said, "Hey, if I told you you could do something wonderful for somebody else, would you do it?" And they'd say yes. Okay, but I and yes, I'm always looking for something, but I don't know what to do. Just give them the opportunity. Same with the homeless people. Give them the opportunity to do something good, and they will. Mm. So, um, but it has to be productive. It has to be a human thing. It has to be adding value. It has to make them feel like something, not just here. Here's some money, or here's a place to live, or whatever. And um, so, Don, Pastor Don, who's got networks, has been working on this for a long time. So I thought, all right, let's call Don up and see. He and I have a good relationship, and. Uh, and I've been called in other situations uh, through God has called me to be working with that, that segment of the population, and it just hasn't really come to fruition yet. So, okay, here's a good opportunity. So I called the pastor, and I said, hey, um, what can we do? You know, I've got a bunch of disciples that need, need some action. And, um, need some action. And, <laughs> and, 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 and frankly, what, what we've got, we got all these churches in town that aren't doing anything for this this segment of the population and what a great thing what if we got everyone together and what, what would that look like and is there something we can get our, our hands dirty with and, and get involved with? and you say well so the police department has assigned two police officers as community kind of representation guys and they have asserted themselves into this whole equation because they see this as that kind of the main friction point in town and um those are good dudes, by the way. Fantastic. Yeah. See them interacting. With super, you, yeah. super good yeah. guys. Yeah. Very good guys. And, um, I never and really knew about this too, which is neat. And they're they're influencing the other police officers as well. Uh, right? Cool. So, their guys are looking at them going, and they're sort of breaking the rules. They're sort of making their own oh, rules yeah. up because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> and they're just going, this isn't our job description, but we're doing it, and because it's doing good and it's working. As long as we don't report back and say exactly what we're doing. Everyone just goes, just don't tell me, and everything's cool, right? So they're working around the system as they need to. Anyway, um, Don's going, well, we're working with the con. We're trying to figure out something. We're, we're kind of tentatively talk, talking about doing a beach cleanup kind of thing. So um, we're meeting, um, you know, on, in a few days. Why don't you come? So I did, and, and it, was, uh, <laughs> it was Don and the police officer and me. And he said, there's other people that want to be involved, but I figured um, we'll just make it the three of us and we can just figure it out at a high level and then just work from there. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, like you're 
You're in charge. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. You're like, oh. And oh, who's oh, in charge, Jason? Exactly. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. But so, I mean, you know, you're, you're going to have this thing up. I was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. And so, you know, one, one phone call, a, a quick conversation, show up to the meeting. Next thing you know, it's just happening. And again, it, cool. it was like, just you know, go, just the, the word, dry, hey, go, 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 and I'll set it up. Don't worry about it. Next thing you know, it's like, well, should, uh, what do you think? Should we have it once a month? I said, in the summer, we should have it twice a week. There's all the kids are home from school. We can get families involved, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, you know, and they all went, okay, cool, twice a month. They're perfect. And uh, I'm like, really? Okay, cool. I'm, I, <laughs> and so... This. And then, then, okay, we're having another meeting. The secretary showed up. We took some more notes. We got it a little more established. Then there was a meeting this morning with some of the other guys. So the guy from the Methodist Church, me. Now you guys are committed. Sorry. Oh, just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, Jason, <laughs> Jason used us as a <laughs> representing <laughs> our church. That's right. Yeah. So you guys got to show up. Take a little time off from work. And um, and bring the kids. And um Everybody else you can you can drag down. The first one is going to be relatively informal, though. So it's next Wednesday okay. at 9 o'clock at Main Beach. Mm-hmm. We'll clean up for an hour, mm-hmm. and you're going to be working with the, the homeless folks. I'm not sure if we're going to, like, assign people to people or what it's going to be. The first one's probably going to be more loosey-goosey, but, um, and we'll kind of see how it goes and sort of work out the kinks. Mm-hmm. But the police officers are going to help with it, the, uh, awesome. the uh, Methodist Church, our church. Um, Don's organization and um, the radio station. There's a few. There's a number of people that yeah, are. That cool. are uh, I love it because we're getting a bunch of different people in the community together. That's right. That's so right. they're looking at yeah, the so, yeah. So we're not like calling all hands at this one. Um, it'd be great if, if as many of you guys as could show up. That'd be awesome. And um, but if you can, it's it's okay. I won't hold it against you for very long. And, um, but God might. But God might. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the instructions are right before us. So um, anyway, that's it. Then we're going to work out the kinks and start to grow and go reach out to the other churches and start to build uh, this body out. Yeah. And use this as a catalyst. Yeah. For yeah. for healing. Right. And uh, it's it's a it's a, and again I just made a phone call and then ding 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 yeah. ding and suddenly I'm I'm in the midst of this thing it was absolutely far out yeah so it's next Wednesday is our first chance to do that yes next Wednesday right mm-hmm. nine o'clock mm-hmm. May Beach everyone got that mm-hmm. all right we'll remind you nine o'clock you really gotta remind beach. me to set out something and too. we're and we're cleaning up the beach with the homeless people correct what I heard correct yes. yeah. okay. So cleaning up the beat, like picking up trash. And then, and then, and yeah, and then after, uh, so from 9 to 10, clean up, and then from 10 to 10.30, bagels and coffee. It's a win-win. <laughs> and, and, um, Where's so the bagels and coffee at? Down at the beach. <laughs> oh, at the beach. Okay, yeah, cool. bagels and coffee on the coffee. beach. Yeah, okay. They're yeah. the bagels that we I picked like, up. And the, like coffee. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the Methodist yeah. Church is picking that up this time, <laughs> oh, okay. which is cool, too. So next time we might have to do something. Well, cool. But, um, well, so I, and you can keep me, I mean, I'll keep you guys informed. You can keep me informed. I can send out an email, too, to all of you guys um, and let people know about that. Okay. And But what hit me was yeah. how unbelievably easy it was. To just do something. To do it. Yeah. And I was Isn't like. Isn't that amazing? I'm like, yeah. what if we, what if all of us did, picked up the phone and did something on whatever level? Okay. Dude. 
and just that just started to spread. It would just be, I mean, suddenly the world's a different place. Yeah. So through uh, Dawn, you're doing it twice a month? Well, it's not really through Dawn. It's just like this whole group through the police. He's or he's sort of organizing for the different churches. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's going to be through... Don's the sort of spearhead because he's right. got all the yeah, connections, yeah, the connections. And he's been doing. And so the police officer that's connected, yeah. is he recruiting the folks? Two of them. Well, yeah, two, and we're helping do that, too. There's, two of the there's Officer officers. Brian and Officer Zach. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, how the folks on the streets, how do they know or what motivates them to come on? How do they know? To come oh, on? oh, good question. They Well, through a number of different uh, organizations, mostly through Don and through the police officers and... Um, They'll get yeah, the word. Yeah, they're going to be talking, and they're they're paying the homeless folks to do it through gift cards, hmm. through food redemption. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And cool. so they get fifteen dollars an hour, and you know, <laughs> and Don's great about that because it's like he goes, hey, you know, the homeless people come and go. I'm not working for fifteen bucks an hour. He goes, how much are you making now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want to work? You can work. If you don't, you're getting minimum wage, dude. You don't. You got, you got, you show me some skills, and maybe we can talk. But if not, you should you know, get get the, get grateful, and let's go. Yeah. So it's cool. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good. Good, Jason. Thank you. So we'll we'll tell more and we'll yeah. just keep going. But yeah, I just love it because it's like here's it's an example of like how do we practically do this? And I was asking that question about. And if you guys remember asking that question, why is God so specific about saying, I want you to do this for the least of them? Ultimately, it's because he, as the Father, did this for us. I mean, this is what he did for Israel. I mean, he rescued them from oppression. He rescued them from slavery. He did this. God did this. God did this for us through Christ. And it's like, this is why we do this for others. Because we were once there, <laughs> you know, and this is what God has done for us. So our motivation is, this is what we were talking about, Jeff and I were talking today about these, doing the Sermon on Forgiveness um, Sunday. I mean, why do we forgive others? Um, God says we forgive others because he is the one who first forgave us, you know. So we're showing that character of God that's expressed in Isaiah when we go out and we do this. Um, and I love there's something practical that we're, you know, we can start doing. With that. So, okay, let's keep reading. Uh, let's see, we were at. Okay, I um, let me go ahead and well, Jeff, um, because I think you, yeah, why don't you, Jeff, why don't you read um, one twenty four, and then go all the way down to sixteen five. Sixteen five. I'm sorry, one twenty four through two five. Therefore the Lord declares the Lord of hosts the mighty one of Israel Ah, I will get relief from my enemies and avenge myself on my foes I will turn my hand against you and I will smelt away your dross as with lye and remove all your alloy and I will restore your judges as at the first and your counselors as at the beginning Afterward you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed by justice, and those in her who repent by righteousness. But rebels and sinners shall be broken together, and those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed. For they shall be ashamed of the oaks that you desired, and you shall blush for the gardens that you have chosen. 
For you shall be like an oak whose leaf withers, and like a garden without water. And the strong shall become tender, and his work a spark. And both of them shall burn together, with none to quench them. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills. And all the nations shall flow to it, and many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Mm. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Mm. All right, so you were talking about, well, was it three? Mm, One that, yeah. So what what was it that struck you on that? I, well, I love the the intimacy of that. I, um, I think for me, just personally, I just so love learning. I, um, I feel like it's one of the gifts of what I, that what I get to do is like, study with God and this idea of climbing this mountain to be mm. taught his ways and mm. walk in his paths I just think it's so beautiful mm. um, and I do like five too come let us walk in the light of the Lord yeah it's just beautiful I think that's what we'll do for eternity yeah mm-hmm. right is walk oh. in the light of the Lord right. oh. this idea of um, yeah it's just to be shown more and more of who God is. Right. This reminds me of the mountain um, in the book of Daniel, in, mm. in the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, where um, the statues of all the earth empires and the the rock that was um, not hewn with human hands, they came and smashed it all and became a great mountain. And that was the Lord, right? Mm. So that was Jesus. And so this is this reminds me of that, the highest of the mountains. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and read 6 through 22 and 2. So it says, For you have rejected your people, the house of Jacob, because they are full of things from the east, and the fortune tellers like the Philistines, and they strike hands with children of the foreigners. Their land is filled with silver and gold, and there is no end to their treasures. Their land is filled with horses, and there is no end to their chariots. Their land is filled with idols. They bow down to the work of their hands, to what their own fingers have made. So man is humble, and each one is brought low. Do not forgive them. Enter into the rock and hide in the dust from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty. The haughty looks of a man shall be brought low, and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. For the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low. 
again against all the cedars of Lebanon, lofty and lifted up, and against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, and against all the uplifted hills, against every high tower, and against every fortified wall, against all the ships of Tarshish, and against all the beautiful craft. And the haughtiness of man shall be humbled, and the lofty pride of men shall be brought low. And the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. And the idol shall utterly pass away, and people shall enter the caves of the rocks and the holes of the ground from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty when he rises to terrify the earth. In that day mankind will cast away their idols of silver and their idols of gold, which they made for themselves to worship to the moles and to the bats, to enter the caverns of the rocks and the clefts of the cliffs. From before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty when he rises to terrify the earth, stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath, for what account is he? Mm-hmm. And I will say that's one of the ones that just hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the biggie. Mm-hmm. Was just, and you know, you know, I don't know who was saying it here when Jason was talking and stuff, but I mean, there it is. You just look at me times. So man will be humbled. So man will be humbled. So man will be humbled. Mm-hmm. The arrogant will be brought low. The low will be ro- risen up. Again, Jesus repeats the same types of things. Um, but I just, um, I, yeah, I think when I said stop regarding it on that, it was. Um, stop trusting as mere humans. Get yourselves away from humanity. Be done with man. Cease from mankind. I mean, those are all ways of translating that. Stop regarding man. That ultimately, the cause of all of our problems is we somehow push ourselves up. <laughs> I stopped yeah. all week, like from last week. Uh huh. Just that stop regarding man. Yeah. Just rereading that over and over daily helps. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I was touching on last week in terms of that order. God's going, right. hey, let's let's get that a relationship straight here. Right. Okay. Right. All I have to do is turn off the air real quick, and guess what? <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> you got about three minutes. Yeah. 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 Well, I found out I had less than that when I was my air was stopped. Okay, I can't wait to hear that 60 story. feet <laughs> in right. front of my yard of all places. So it's a lovely place. Yeah. Warm is clear. Yeah. <laughs> you, you recognize how much you rely on the not the nostrils of your breath for life. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Anybody else with that, that section there? Mm. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Who wants to volunteer to read chapter three? Any volunteers? No. Well, one more thing. Back yes. Uh huh. I think it's is it in Micah where he says, "But what have I required of you, mm. oh man?" To walk humbly before your God, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. and to do just justice and righteousness. It, it, yeah, and it, it's it, that this this whole thing and that. It, it's like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, look, remember, understand how great you are with me, and how frail you are without me. Yeah, and that, I mean like that extreme, because we're, we're also have forgotten how. Glorified we are, yeah. as well. And you see how consistent this theme is. I mean, this is one of the things I just love about the Word of God. You know, 66 books, but over what I, I forget what the statistics is, but over what 3,000 years, over you know, 30 different countries, all these different people, and you see this consistency of this message that Isaiah is talking about, all the way from the very beginning of Genesis, all the way to Revelation. 
you just see this consistency about who God is and how we're in a relationship with Him. That's a really good word, what you're just saying, how great you are, my creation, with me, and how frail you are without me. That's an incredible thought in, in 19, uh, at the end of 19, and then also at the end of 21. He's reminding the splendor of His majesty, how, how incredible that is, and God is coming, and that is going to be a terrifying thing, a very humbling thing. But if it says it twice. That's sure. what I wanted to say. Sure. But, but what it's saying is he's going to bring... He, he didn't say, I'm going to cr- crush the people that aren't rebelling. Right? That's what's amazing. He's going, you make the choice now. This is going to happen. But right. really, it's happening now, too. Yes. Right? Yes. I just think it's interesting that it's coming in a note. It's like a, uh, a double beat. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So Steve, why don't you, Steve Doherty, why don't you read chapter three? Chapter three. DJ Steve. We'll call DJ. <laughs> <laughs> we call him UPS man. We walk in. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> For behold, the Lord God of hosts is taking away from Jerusalem and from Judah support and supply to support all support of bread and all support of water the mighty man and the soldier, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of fifty and the man of rank, the counselor and the skillful magician and the expert in charms. And I will make boys their princes and infants shall rule over them and the people will oppress one another, everyone his fellow and everyone his neighbor. The youth will be insolent to the elder and the despised to the honorable. For a man will take hold of his brother in the house of his father, saying, You have a cloak, you shall be our leader, and this heap of ruins shall be under your rule. In that day he will speak out, saying, I will not be a healer. In my house there will be neither bread nor cloak. You shall not make me leader of the people. For Jerusalem has stumbled and Judah has fallen, because their speech and their deeds are against the Lord defying his glorious presence. For the look on their faces bears witness against them. They proclaim their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them, for they have brought evil on themselves. Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their (laughs) deeds. Woe to the wicked. It will be ill with them, for what his hands have dealt out shall be done to him. My people, infants, are their oppressors, and women... Rule over them, O oh, my people. Your guides mislead you, and they have swallowed up the course of your paths. Mm-hmm. The Lord has taken his place to contend. He stands to judge peoples. The Lord will enter into judgment with the elders and princes of his people. It is you who have devoured the vineyard. The spoil of the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people? By grinding the face of the poor? declares the Lord of God of hosts. The Lord, mm. the Lord said, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with outstretched necks, glancing wantonly with their eyes, menacingly along as they go, tingling with their feet, therefore the Lord will strike with the scab the heads of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will lay bare their secret parts. In that day the Lord will take away the finery of the anklets, the headbands, the crescents, the pendants, the bracelets, the scarves, the headdresses, the armlets, the sashes, the perfume boxes, the amulets, 
the signet rings and nose rings, the festal robes, the mantles, the cloaks, the handbags, the mirrors, the linen garments, the turbans and the veils. Instead of perfume, there will be rottenness. And mm -hmm. instead of a belt, a rope. And instead of well-set hair, baldness. And instead of rich robe, a skirt of sackcloth. And branding instead of beauty. Your men shall fall by the sword, your mighty men in battle. And her gates shall lament and warn, mourn and uh, mourn. Empty, she shall sit on the ground. Wow. So this is where we got this. <laughs> yeah. Was in this chapter, which is all throughout. But you see in verse in verse nine there, for they have brought evil on themselves. I mean, what we're reading here is how the very things that the people of Israel are doing to the least of them, doing to others, it's like God says, that's going to just come. That evil you do to others, it's going to come right back and hit you. And that's a judgment you see God doing here. Is that what's going to happen to you, you think, oh, you know, what's going to happen to you is the very thing you are doing to the least of them, the very thing you're doing to others. And you see how they're building up gold and silver and they're making no room for people and they're just doing all these things. And the Lord's just sort of going, okay, here it comes. Here it comes and come right back and hit you. And so you have this horror. And we're going to see this actually, this idea of this boomerang. We're going to see that actually in Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. You sort of have the same thing, which we'll talk about next week. Um, so you see the way God's judgment works. It's like the very thing you're doing to others is what you're going to end up having be done to you. The irony of God. <laughs> the justice of God uh, happening. Anybody else? Any comments in that yeah. section there? Verse 6, for yes. what you just read. Uh -huh. Verse 15. What do you mean by crushing my people? By grinding the face of the poor. So... I think he's saying if you just reverse people and poor, what what do you mean by crushing my poor? Yeah. You know, yeah. Blessed are the yeah. poor, and that was that's Jesus' theme. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very 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 good. Good point. Um, and notice how there he is saying my people. I mean God's saying these are the people you are the these are the people I saved out for you to be taken care of, and look what you're doing, <laughs> and you're part of those people. Um, yeah. It, it was brought up um, way, way back a while ago, the whole Lord of Hosts, um, and what that means in terms of that's a military. I don't the, think I was saying it. I think you were talking about that hosts is a, is a military term. Okay. I, anyway. <laughs> okay. Just referring to, what, okay, for behold, the Lord of Hosts. Okay. Why am I beholding the Lord of Hosts? What is the significance of the Lord of Hosts in that that, it, that we are dealing with? A military commander? Well, again, speaking to it was, structure. And remember, that meant armies. Actually, that the, word host there means right. armies, the Lord of the armies. That's right, yeah. the armies. So the yeah. heavenly armies, the armies of right. of, of all the, the municipalities of, of leadership at a yeah. spiritual level. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I mean, that... I don't know. That had significance to me. Good. Okay. All right. Um, Peter, why don't you read chapter 4? All right. I'll give and you the short one. <laughs> Good. 
And seven women shall take hold of one man in that day, saying, We will eat our own bread and wear our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach. In that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and the honor of the survivors of Israel. And he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who has been recorded for life in Jerusalem. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the bloodstains of Jerusalem from, it, from, its, from its midst by a spirit of judgment and by a spirit of burning, then the Lord will create over the whole site of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day and smoke and the shining of the flaming fire by night for over all the glory there will be a canopy. There will be a booth for shade by day from the heat and for a refuge and shelter from the storm and rain. Mm-hmm. So there's two places in all of one through five where it's like, you know, I, I'd love to like turn off all the lights right now if it was completely pitch black and say it just seems like there's darkness. I mean, darkness and judgment over of the land. There's two places of light that God's saying there's going to be a remnant. There, I'm not, I'm, I'm giving, bringing all this judgment, but I'm doing it to ultimately restore my people. And two, one through five, and then here in chapter four are the two places where God's, it's, it's almost like you see a little light coming through <laughs> with this darkness. And that's what's happening here in these two places. Is he's showing there's going to be a hope. And we ultimately know what that hope is, which is Christ. That we're going to see as we go through Isaiah. But you just see that God's like, I'm bringing this judgment. You feel like it's going to be the end. But there's always a remnant. There's always the hope for those who's going to follow him. Um, so, Tom, why don't you read five? Can, can, can I ask you? Yes. Uh-huh. Just to comment yeah. a little bit on uh, the beginning of that. Four, one. I don't really want to comment about the seven women. <laughs> really? Well, um, re- reading, yeah. reading through Actually, this. Um, yeah, go ahead. One thing I noticed while, while reading it is that is the cadence of the cadence of the other passages are. It's not written in paragraph form. Yeah, right. And because you have the other ones are more poetic. Yeah, and then it goes prose, into more of a prose type. I yeah. think that you'd call in four. Yeah. That kind of threw me off while I was reading uh-huh. it because I was just used to the, you know, the. And you're going to see that in Isaiah. You're going to see the switch back and forth between poetry and narrative and prose, and you're going to see that happening. But Jason, what's your question there? Sorry. Just four one is yeah. fascinating. Uh huh. What's fascinating about it? You don't think that's fascinating? <laughs> <laughs> what's fascinating about it? I mean. It, it, Basically, there's going to be way more women than there are men. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but, it, that's, but I think it's significant also that it says, um, yeah, yeah, okay. That, but that's not the part that actually okay. intrigued me. It was, okay. we and the women, women will say that we will eat our own bread and wear our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach. Hmm. <laughs> In that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and honor of the survivors of Israel. Okay, so the fruit is 
the significance of the women saying that. Mm -hmm. Okay, that mm -hmm. that is a, a a foretelling of some significant specific action that then leads to, in that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious. Uh -huh. So, I mean, I don't know. Seems to me that that's worth understanding. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I don't have much more to say about that right now, other than what I do have is that that's what is being a picture of the, what's happening there is a reversal of marriage and a reversal of what God sort of expressed there. I have sort of a note about that in Exodus 21.10, but that's about all I have. I couldn't even say any much more because I didn't really study that. Do you have a comment? Well, I think, you know, like when it says to take care of the widows and the orphans, right, it's we see it just as poverty, right? Whereas in their case, these people have no value. Sure. Yeah. Same. Same. Right. Yeah. And so they're like essentially like animals, mm -hmm. right? No value. And so to go after to see the value, I think what God is saying is, I want you to see them as I see them, mm -hmm. right? And I think these are women that are being brought in and restored. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're widows, right? That are being mm -hmm. restored into a place and they're saying look we'll take care of ourselves just give us your name so that we have value once mm -hmm. again mm -hmm. right and I wonder if this is almost a completion of somebody caring for these widows is hmm. saying yeah come in yeah. come into my home right I'll give you my last name I'll take you in and then restore to you that dignity because these women would have been sure. basically prostitutes, right? Is right. what they would be left to. Take away our reproach. Yes. Yes. Just, right. And that is, the reason it's fascinating because in that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious and the fruit right. of the land shall be the pride and honor of the survivors of Israel. And what is the fruit of the land in, in that? Right? Mm -hmm. The fruit of the land shall be the pride. That to me it says Christ. Right. Yeah, ultimately this is pointing to ultimately the ultimate redemption. Right. I mean, this is really reporting all the way to Revelation 21, right. like 2, mm -hmm. 1 through 5 did. Mm -hmm. And you just have this metaphor constantly of this, of the branch and the vineyard. We see this vineyard metaphor that just keeps coming up, mm -hmm. and the fruit and all that. Yeah. 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 It's just it, it, yeah, I didn't think about what you were saying before. That's good. Yeah. Well, it reminds me how God is trying to teach us to value what He values. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Uh -huh. And so we're going. Look at all these sacrifices, and He's going. This is worthless. Mm -hmm. Keep it. I don't want this. Huh. Right. Yeah. Like what we value, what we desire to give to God is not what God wants. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And what He wants is to see the dignity of His creation, to see the value of the least. Yeah. And you just go. Yeah. It's seen through a totally different lens than the way we naturally yeah. see. And also, when you yeah. said that, I thought uh, God says uh, to Abraham, I will provide myself a sacrifice. I'm sick of your sacrifices next time. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, you see this breakdown. We, I mean, that's one of the things, you know, people look at Christianity, it's a religion. And you have people say, well, it's really not a religion. I mean, when you really look at it, it's it, what it is, it's about a relationship with God and his relationship with his people. It's not about all this cultic stuff. It doesn't mean that's not important. Yes, we have we come and we worship God and we do those things. But ultimately we do that as as we worship God and we reflect that in the way we treat others. And God's just constantly driving towards that. Yeah. Um, There's a <coughs> passage later on in Isaiah. I'll find it. I forget exactly which book it's in. But at some point God says... 
Basically, look what I gave you, and all you did was turn it into a bunch of rules. Mm-hmm. Into a bunch of what? Rules. Into a bunch of rules. Yeah. It's yeah. Basically, Which I is gave you this gift, I gave you this grace, and you just turned it into rules. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that whole part that we read in, was in chapter 1 where... You know, it just says I, your your sacrifice and all that. I mean, he does that to David too, and says it was, that it was I think it's Solomon, right? I mean, um, Samuel. But, you know, in essence, all your sacrifice, all those don't mean anything if you are not worshiping me and treating my people right. You know, um, so yeah. Um, okay, so Tom, why don't you go ahead and read five one through Can I read this seven? Kind of stuff? Okay. Uh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. Great. Yeah. That's just what I was going to suggest because it's so long after that. And I know. So that's okay. why I want to get through that. This one. Okay. Five. Because the, the, the rest of them are you guys can go home at night and go to sleep with all the woes. <laughs> <laughs> so, five one. Yeah, five one through seven. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stone and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it, and he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yield wild grapes. And now, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I had not done in it? And I looked for it to yield grapes. Why did it yield wild grapes? Now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and briars shall and thorns shall grow up. I will commend the clouds, and they shall not, shall not rain on it, and that they rain that they rain no rain upon it. How far do I go? Uh, all the way to seven. And can you sing through seven? <laughs> I just went to seven. Okay. Oh, you did? So I'm done. Right? Yeah. Did you go? No, through seven. Through seven. Through seven. For seven. the vineyard of the yeah, Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. And he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed. For righteousness, but behold, no crap. And so you had comments on, on five, one through two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did a, a little uh, scripture study on it. And the vineyard, I think, refers to Jesus' vineyard that he talks about in Matthew 21. Mm-hmm. So let me read some of that. Okay? Yeah, do. That's good. Because I, was, yeah. I think Jesus got this from Isaiah. He did. Most people do think that. Is this Listen a parable? Listen to another parable. parable. Yeah, exactly. was a landowner yeah. who planted a vineyard yeah. and put a roll around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and rented it out to vine growers and went on the journey. And then you know the story. He sent... <clears throat> servants and they were beat up and killed so he sent his son but afterwards he sent his son this is Jesus obviously in metaphor to them saying oh they will respect my son but when the vine growers saw the son they said amongst themselves this is the heir come let us kill him and see his inheritance and they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him therefore when the owner of the vineyard comes what will we do to the vine growers just like Isaiah saying what am I going to do with my vineyard now that you've ruined it mm-hmm. <clears throat> now that you haven't cared for it, now that it's grown wild grapes. <clears throat> they said to him, 
uh, let's say the disciples, what do they do with him? Well, they'll bring those wretches to a wretched end and will rent out the vineyard to other vine growers who will pay him the proceeds of the proper season. And then Jesus jumps. You go, where did he get this? Jesus said to them, do you never read the scriptures? And then he throws them a curve. The stone, nothing to do with the vineyard. The stone which the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. Mm. This came about from the Lord and it is marvelous in our eyes. So he's obviously he's commenting on the, the son that was killed. He's saying, did you, did you know you just killed the son? Did you know you just killed the chief cornerstone? And then, and he who falls on the stone, this verse 44, will be broken to pieces. But on whomever it falls, it will sh- scatter him like dust which is another kind of cryptic thing. So the note is that Isaiah's vineyard produced wild grapes. Jesus' vineyard produced wild tenants, the renters. They were wild. They were crazy. They were evil. They killed his son. Mm-hmm. They killed him. Okay. So then there's a verse that I found that I think another verse that applies, Isaiah 8, 14. We're going to come to it. But this is also where Jesus gets the stone that fell and broke them. And he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense. This is Isaiah 8, 12, 14, 8, 14. So we're going to come to this soon. Mm-hmm. And he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Israel. And many shall stumble on it. They shall fall and be broken. They shall be snared and taken. So you think, you know, Jesus is a student of the scriptures. He, he knew this. So when he's during his sermon, he used, used Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of uh, references that are kind of nice. Ephesians 2.20, Christ being the chief cornerstone of the temple of God. Paul's nailing it, just saying that's who Christ is. He's the chief cornerstone. Jeremiah 52.16, but the commander, this is of Nebuchadnezzar's army, Zebuaradim, who was managing Israel's uh, defeat. But the commander, Zebuaradin, left behind the poorest in the land to work the vineyards mm-hmm. in the fields. In other words, who's chosen? You know? mm-hmm. And then one like this is the last one. Matthew 5 3. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And with the example from Jeremiah, those of the Israelites that inherited the Holy Land, when everyone else was taken, killed or taken away to captivity, the meek and the poor inherited the vineyards, he said. Mm. He set them to work the vineyards in the field. So I, when I was Good. seeing these, I was thinking it's, it's, Jeff, it's uh, Greg's Inclusio. <laughs> they're like bookends, Old Testament, New Testament. They're dealing with the same subjects. They're borrowing from each other, and they're closing the subject. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's why I love that graph yeah. you showed us in the beginning, where that it looks like, it looks like all those all those connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. This is where Jesus yeah. learned. Yeah. I mean, you see that stuff. interconnections of scripture, and you yeah. just go, "Yeah, there's no." How many times it references Isaiah? Do you have right. access to that on anything you <coughs> say that chart? Yes, I do. Because I wanted to show that to my girls. Yeah, I can. Um, I think I sent it in an email. I think you but did. if you, I mean, email me. And I can set it out again, but I'll yeah, I definitely have that. Up. Yeah, yeah. What's that's that's good tone. Yeah, I like all, I like making all the connections because again, that's mm-hmm. what's happening is as we get more and more through Isaiah, we just see it just goes out like this. 
Mm -hmm. You know, it just connects to everything in scripture. Think about the the actual words though that are being used, right? And and the the picture that's being laid out is not just random, right? What is what is Christ the cornerstone of? The wall that protects the vineyard, right? You stay within that wall, you get to eat beautiful fruit. What is that wall keeping out? The yeah, brambles and weeds and right. all the wilds, mm-hmm. right? So what does, is Christ for us? That The perimeter, the boundary, right? It's fantastic, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. And protection, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, you, know, you do know, I'm sure, in architecture, in old architecture, the cornerstone was set by the architect. Mm-hmm to start the building from right 90 degree angles off of this this is where this this it's the beginning and of course it's the end when you come back to it so we all, there's also the arch you know the stone that's the center mm-hmm. that's used in scriptures in that. that's the capstone right capstone, capstone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay last and then we're going to close here Bruce you Four. made a comment on seven yeah I just like to contrast between the vineyard and mm-hmm. uh, using Israel and Judah as the vineyard, and then how uh, you have to clear the the vineyard and put a lot of hard work into getting a vineyard, and then it just gets torn down. Uh-huh. Uh, and it says, and he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed oh, yes. for righteousness. Yeah. So that was uh, kind of meaningful as far as you, you know you, your your hard work um, can turn into bloodshed. Right. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting, I didn't cover this when we were there because of time, but um, Isaiah is actually using words here to create in Hebrew to create this contrast of justice and bloodshed and righteousness and outcry. So it actually says, and he looked for a mishpat, but behold, mishpach. So that's how, you know, so they would have heard these mm-hmm. words that just like, I looked for a mishpat, but all I got was mishpach. For zadak, and all I got was zidach. And so, you you know, Isaiah is using Hebrew language here to actually just try to nail that contrast. Um, okay, so what I want to do to close ourselves off is I'm going to read all these woes, and I want to, and <laughs> great way to end a study on a positive note, um, but I want to end it on a positive note because it made me think, actually, as we're going through here, what Jason brought out, which I never really thought about before, is in Isaiah when he's talking about that first set in one... Um, you know, in one sixteen and seventeen, I think Jason was interpreting that as saying that sounds much more personal, individual. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, cease to do evil. But then you get to um, one twenty-three, and it's more like the whole corporate city, the whole corporate church, the whole corporate people that are part of it. So I want you, as I read these woes. I'm going to read these, and these are really addressed more to the whole, you know, the, the whole nation, the whole church. But then there's something that happens with the woe that I want to talk about at the end. And remember, we did the Genesis study, 
And when we did the Genesis study and saw how God created things from tohu bohu, which means, you remember? Tohu chaos. bohu, chaos. chaos. He created out tohu bohu form and he filled it up and he created this order. And what we see in these woes is God saying as part of what God, what judgment is coming upon these people, on um, uh, God's people, is that I'm going to basically, things are going to return back to chaos. Okay, um, but there's hope for that. So I'm going to read these and then I'll close off. That's like how I read that what Tom just read, you know, the five. Uh huh. Like, you know, it's like the vineyard, his creation. And then we we ruined it. We're the wild grapes, and then it's going to create chaos again and destroy it. Right. All and, you know. and that's in fact notice that that vineyard that he taught that is a setup for these woes. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how is this all going to come to pieces? Here it is. Woe to those who... And there's six woes. Think of those six woes as the six days of creation. Going in reverse order and coming undone. And any of us back at the very beginning of creation, whether it was just tohu bohu. And that's what he does here. So, woe to those who join house to house, who add field to field, until there is no more room. And you are made to dwell alone in the midst of the land. Can I just interject mm-hmm. two words there? Mm-hmm. Black Rock and Bill Gates. <laughs> they're, okay. buy, they're buying up everything. All right. Well, we're going to keep going. The Lord of hosts has sworn in my, sworn in my hearing, surely many houses have been desolate. It went, and you say, I'll just comment. This is nation then. This is people now. We just do it. It's greed, right? Just keep buying the up, poor, buying up, being up. The poor have no housing, the rich Exactly. Okay. Um, and I guess I could just add, this is where we all have to look at even the little things we do. Are we doing things that actually are pushing out the poor? Well, how about this? That? How about the word homeless? Yeah, there you go. Oh, homeless. Well, to, right. to your point, I mean, this is some, This is poignant, seriously. And this yeah. is happening, and it's happening right under our noses. Uh-huh. Foreigners. Right, right under our noses. Foreigners being these corporations that are made up of people from all over the world are buying up all single-family residential homes in large sloths right now and turning them into rentals so that people... And beating... And you, we talked about this, yeah. but it's happening on a massive scale. Yeah, and I mean, this is... In our country. This is what sin does. <laughs> we're seeing God's sin. We're seeing sin at work. And But... Listen to these woes, because one of the things I guess you also have... We obviously were listening. Yeah, I know. Sort of of the confidence that we also see here is God will bring judgment upon that. Okay? And that's what he's doing here. He's bringing that judgment. So, the Lord of hosts has sworn in my hearing, surely many houses shall be desolate, large and beautiful houses without inhabitant. What's happening? He's going to take all that stuff that man built up, and he's going to just go... And now, who's going to be homeless? The very ones who before tried to build everything up. For ten acres of vineyard shall yield but one bath, and a homer of a seed shall yield but an epa. I can't say that word. Then, what is it? Epa. Epa. Thank you. Woe to those who rise early in the morning, that they may run after strong drink, who tarry late into the evening as wine inflames them. I know that never happens today. They have lyre and harp, tambourine and flute, and wine at their feasts, but they do not regard the deeds of the Lord or see the work of his hands. Therefore my people go into exile for lack of knowledge. Their honored men go hungry, 
and their multitude is parched with thirst. Therefore Sheol has enlarged its appetite and opened its mouth beyond measure, and the nobility of Jerusalem and her multitude will go down. Her revelers and he who exalts in her. We talked about how it's like this monster of evil coming in and just eating it up. It's like, you know, the big fish, you know, the little thing of the little fish, and the little fish eat that, and the big fish that, and here you have sort of like evil just coming down Sheol and eating it up. Man is humbled, and each one is brought low, and the eyes of the haughty are brought low. But the Lord of hosts is exalted in justice, and the holy God shows himself holy in righteousness. Then shall the lambs graze as in their pasture, and nomads shall eat among the ruins of the rich. Woe to those who draw iniquity with cords of falsehood. Woe, I mean, who draw sin as with cart ropes, who say, let him be quick, let him speed his work, that they may see it. Let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw near, and let it come, that we may know it. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and valiant men in mixing strong drink, who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of his right. Therefore, as the tongue of fire devours the stubble, and as the dry grass sinks down in the flame, so their root will be as rottenness, and their blossoms go up like dust. For they have rejected the law of the Lord of hosts, and have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was kindled against his people, and he stretched out his hand against them and struck them. And the mountains quaked, and their corpses were as refuse in the midst of the streets. For all this, his anger has not turned away, and his hand is stretched out still. He will raise a single signal for nations far away, and whistle for them from the ends of the earth, and behold, quickly, speedily they come. None is weary, none stumbles, none slumbers for sleep or sleeps. Not a waistband of loose is loose, not a sandal strap broken. Their arrows are sharp and their bows bent. Their horse hooves seem like flint and their wheels like the whirlwind. Their roaring is like a lion, like young lions they roar. They growl and seize their prey. They carry it off and none can rescue. And then listen to the end where things end up. This is like going back to the Tohu of Genesis 1.1. They will growl over it on that day like the growling of the sea. And if no one looks to the land, behold, darkness and distress. And the light is darkened by its cloud. You can almost see like the lights going out. But this is what's happened. I mean, this is a setup that now Isaiah comes in as a prophet. You can imagine Isaiah comes in as a prophet And now he is brought up into a vision of this great God who is trying to set things right. And we're going to start that next week. Mm -hmm. And what Isaiah does is Isaiah is going to be the representative, like Christ is ultimately, be the representative for the nation. Because what does Isaiah do? He takes upon himself all these woes. And he's in the presence of the living God 
with a vision that is like no other vision almost you see in Scripture. And we'll talk about that next week. But listen to what his response is when he sees this God who just brought upon all these woes of the people. He who sees the woes of the corporate people as to what God's doing, he then individually looks and says, Woe is me. For I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of this people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And so this is the Isaiah who's taken upon all this himself and becomes the one who now sees his vision of God and is now going to bring that word of God, which is Isaiah 6, 9 to 10, <laughs> to the people in hopes that somehow they'll wake them up. And that's where we start out with Isaiah 6, Isaiah 6 next week, is this whole vision of Isaiah, which is quite amazing. Um, so there we go. Thank you guys for sharing tonight. Just this long way going through one through five, but I think it was good to do the review. Um, it was Such really a big good. Book. It helps to do reviews. Yeah, good setup. All right. Um, Jeff, you want to close this in part? God, thank you for um, the way that we get just a, a little bit larger picture of who you are. And um, God, thank you for the holiness that shines through these words. And God, thank you for your purposes to set things right. God, thank you for um, the ultimate promise of your son and the kingdom that he brought. And God, I just pray that you would give us courage to live into that. I pray that you would give us courage to um, just pray like Isaiah, to pray like Jason, like here I am, like send me. God, I pray that you would um, use us to bring your kingdom to earth and uh, to care for the poor and to see the value of those that um, are seen as values. And uh, pray that you would be with us as we go. We love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, you guys. Good discussion. Yeah, awesome.